The prince tried to apologize, but it was too late, for she had seen that there was no love in his heart. And as punishment, she transformed him into a hideous beast and placed a powerful spell on the castle and all who lived there. Ashamed of his monstrous form, the beast concealed himself inside his castle with a magic mirror as his only window to the outside world. As the years passed, he fell into despair and lost all hope. For who could ever learn to love a beast? Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies. Damn it. <laughs> we're back. We're, we're back, back, everybody. Hooray. We're, we're we made it. We're movies back from hiatus. Movies about princesses and princesses to be. That's what it's about. That's <laughs> what <laughs> it's about. We're back. We're, we're back, baby. We're no. on the top of our game. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't did miss, miss a beat. Yes, nope. we're 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 on the ball. Yes, we're we're, we're ready back. to go. We are back from an impromptu hiatus. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, yes, thank you for waiting. I was I was wrapping up a project at work, and also life was just a lot for a while. So <laughs> yeah. now I am. It is no longer that, and everything is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, honestly, it, it was nice to have a bit of a summer break, so I feel like maybe for future seasons we'll have to just plan ahead and have these little <laughs> summer summer times off. Yeah, a little summer holiday. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, we're back, baby. Yeah, we are back, and we are, we are doing a bit of catch-up because, uh, so I, my birthday is in the summer, and listeners to our podcast will remember that I had plans to make Brie watch Disney's Beauty and the Beast for my birthday, so we are we're playing catch-up. Air quotes, <laughs> make me watch a movie yes. that I've seen many times before and enjoy. Yes, this is, this is one that I think it's safe to say we both love this movie. It is a very, very good movie. Yeah, it's... We're we're starting back from my hiatus for our for our podcast where wherein we ostensibly talk about terrible princess movies with literally one of the best ones probably ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> this one is for sure one of uh, you know what it, I mean. It's probably it is my favorite Disney movie. I hate dealing in absolutes, but I. I d- there's this movie is just so wonderful and it was such so a good. treat to watch this one. Yeah. It's it had been a while since I'd seen it, but it was like it was definitely one of those things where it's like, "Oh, I have to watch Beauty and the Beast for the podcast." Darn, I guess. I guess oh, I'll just I... kick back and enjoy watching that again. Yeah. It's was where does this one fall in your favorite animated movies, Brie? Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't think I've done like a like a tier list of favorites for a very long time, but I know this is definitely up there. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely one of my favorites, especially of the of the 2D ones. <laughs> the 2D or even like the the Disney Renaissance is is this one of your yeah. top picks there. I I yeah. feel like people around our age um there's sort of like a top 3. It's it's either Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, or Aladdin. That's like one of the three yeah. top favorite Disney film. Yeah. And I mean, all three of them are just, they're lovely. All of them. I, yeah. Uh, they make my heart happy. Yeah, we, we've talked about this one before. This one uh, very nearly won the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, back before there wasn't, uh, back before there was a separate category for animated features, and it absolutely, I feel like it's a, it was a very strong contender for that. It's yeah, such a wonderful film. Really, I this is another film that I I made the mistake of watching right before bed, and I and then it made me full of beans, and I had far <laughs> far too much energy. Oh no. Thinking Not about the how beans. I was full of beans. I just wanted to punch things. Just think about how good this movie is. Yes, it was so fucking good, Brie. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Fucking everything. It's what happens when Christy gets full of beans. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, it just, just a weird <laughs> aggression comes over me. Yeah. It's, it's like, don't people know how good Beauty and the Beast is? I think people know is the thing, Christy. I think people do know how good Beauty and the Beast is. But no one's talking about it right now in this moment in my house with me. (laughs) I'm sure you can find many people talking about how good Beauty and the Beast is. I just need to like open the fling open the doors of my house and just start shouting about Beauty and the Beast and see if anybody joins in. I need someone to talk to me right now immediately about yeah. how good this movie is. Like, well, has anybody else has anybody else seen Beauty and the Beast recently? <laughs> it's like 2 a.m. because you can't sleep because you're yeah. full of beans and you're just out hollering in the streets about how good Beauty and the Beast is. Yeah, basically. Oh, help. Yeah. Help. <laughs> help. It's like being cursed. Oh. <laughs> God. For the three people on Earth who haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, would you care to give us the summary, Christy? Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, this one it almost it does feel silly to recap, but we shall recap it anyways. Uh yes, yeah, so here we go with the plot summary of <laughs> Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Our story begins with a prologue showing the history of the titular beast. The beast was once a selfish and cruel human prince who one dark and stormy night was visited by an old beggar woman. The woman asked to seek shelter in his castle in exchange for a rose. Upon his refusal, the beggar woman revealed herself to be a beautiful enchantress in disguise. In reward for the prince's cruelty, she transformed him into a monstrous beast. His servants in the entire castle were also enchanted, with a spell that could only be broken if the beast learns to truly love another person 
and be loved by them in return, all before the last petal on the Enchanted Rose falls. Otherwise, the prince would remain a beast forever. Years later, in a quiet French village, lives the beautiful Belle and her father Maurice. Belle and Maurice don't quite fit in with the rest of this poor provincial town. Belle due to her love of books, and Maurice due to his eccentric passion for invention. While her hobbies have drawn the ire of the other villagers, Belle's beauty has drawn the eye of Gaston, the village hero. Unfortunately for Belle, Gaston is a chauvinistic brute who ignores Belle's repeated refusal for marriage. Please, Gaston, I can't. I have to get home to help my father. Goodbye. <laughs> that crazy old loon, he needs all the help he can get. <laughs> don't talk about my father that way. Yeah, don't talk about her father that way. <clears throat> One day, Maurice sets out on horseback. He soon finds himself lost in the dark woods, and after being hounded by wolves, finds himself at the gates of the beast's castle. Unaware of the beast, Maurice enters and meets the castle's servants, who have been enchanted into the form of various household objects. Unfortunately for Maurice, the beast soon appears and imprisons Maurice in his dungeon for trespassing. Thankfully, Maurice's horse returns home and leads Belle to the castle. Reunited with Maurice, Belle offers to take his place. Take me instead. You. You would take his place? Belle, no! You don't know what you're doing! If I did, would you let him go? Yes. But you must promise to stay here forever. No, Belle! I won't let you do this! You have my word. Done! Maurice is sent back to the village, and Belle becomes the beast's prisoner. Belle quickly befriends the beast's servants and begins to explore the castle. While she is forbidden to enter the West Wing, Belle's curiosity gets the better of her. There she finds the enchanted rose, and Belle, not knowing its significance, reaches out to touch it. She is caught in the act by the beast, who flies into a rage. Belle flees the castle, but soon finds herself at the mercy of the wolves. Luckily for her, the beast arrives and fights off the wolves. The beast is injured and collapses, and in spite of the harsh treatment he's given to her, Belle chooses to help him return to the castle instead of making her escape. Back at the castle, Belle and the beast make amends with one another. By the way, thank you for saving my life. You're welcome. Meanwhile, back at the village, Maurice tries and fails to assemble a group to rescue Belle. Hearing his ranting about a beast, Gaston hatches a plan to have Maurice locked up in an insane asylum, hoping to force Belle to marry him in exchange for Maurice's freedom. Before Gaston can enact his plan, Maurice attempts to return to the castle himself. Unbeknownst to Maurice, Belle and the beast have become quite attached to each other. Belle's presence in his castle has inspired great change in the beast, and it's not too long before he shed his monstrous ways and become beast only in appearance. After sharing a romantic evening together, Belle's mind wanders to her father. Seeing her sadness, the beast offers Belle his magic mirror, which allows her to see whatever she commands. Belle uses it to see Maurice, and she sees a vision of him collapsing in the woods. The beast, having fallen in love with Belle, sets her free. You, you must go to him. What did you say? I release you. You're no longer my prisoner. You mean... 
I'm free? Yes. Oh, thank you. Hold on, Papa. I'm on my way. Belle finds Maurice and manages to take him back to the village, where they run into Gaston and a mob of villagers. The mob tries to take Maurice to the asylum, but are stopped when Belle uses the magic mirror to show them a vision of the beast, proving that Maurice isn't mad. After being rejected once again by Belle, Gaston locks her and Maurice up in the cellar while he and the mob make their way to the castle, planning on killing the beast. While things look bleak, Belle and Maurice are able to use one of his inventions to escape the cellar, and they quickly begin making their way to the castle. In the meantime, Gaston and the mob have arrived at the castle and begin laying siege to it. While the enchanted servants are putting up a good fight, without Belle, the beast has lost the will to live. Gaston enters the beast's chambers and begins beating him, to which the beast offers no resistance. It's not until the beast sees that Belle has returned to the castle that he regains the will to live and quickly turns the tables on Gaston. The beast orders the whimpering Gaston to leave his castle, before turning his back on him to reunite with Belle. Instead of fleeing, Gaston takes the opportunity to stab the beast in the back. The beast collapses, while Gaston loses his footing and falls off the side of the castle to his death. As the beast lays dying in Belle's arms, he tells her that he's glad he got to see her one last time. Although Belle tries to comfort him, and herself, that the beast will be alright, he dies in her arms just before the last petal on the enchanted rose falls. Please don't leave me. <laughs> I love you. Belle professes her love for the beast, and suddenly, streaks of magic begin to light up the sky. The beast's lifeless body is transformed, and Belle for the first time sees the face of the prince, revived by the power of the Enchantress's magic. The spell is broken, and the servants and entire castle return to their original form. Belle and the prince embrace, and the film ends on them celebrating their happily ever after. Belle, it's me. It is you. The end. The Oh man, that's a good movie. Christy, it's a good is. movie. It is. Have you heard? It's 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 good. Have you heard? Have, have you, you heard Christy shouting heard? at two a.m.? Yes, about My how good this movie is. Voice just <laughs> echoes across the prairies. Yeah, it's so good. And on, reverberating honestly, and the- bouncing against the, the mountains. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, this movie, it's so good. And the ending especially, just, it's, the animation of the beast transforming back into a human is just spectacular. When I was first learning animation, uh, the, one of the big things when we were starting to sort of delve into, like, facial acting and, like, that sort of stuff. Uh, one of the big examples was when Beast 
has Gaston in his grasp and he's hold, like holding him over the edge of the castle and he looks just furious and then just the realization and different parts of his face like opening up and relaxing as yes. he as he realizes what he's doing and it's just yes. such a like a it's such a good moment of animation cuz you just you see the thought process behind the eyes of the drawing and you're like man that's good i i love that moment so much cuz it, it means so much for for the beast character because yeah i i i it's just it's 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 this awakening in him that you know like we've seen elsewhere in the film how full of rage he is yeah and and how he has to work to to let go of that anger and it it's a moment where you can see it in his face like like you said he's it, it it's kind of coming over him and he's he's stopping himself from doing something like going too far, even though this fucking man has burst into his yeah, castle. Like, like he just he, if he had dropped Gaston off the the ce- the ceiling, the roof. Yeah, it's like that's not. I mean, this man's trying to do a murder. Yeah, and he's also just <laughs> fucking awful. So like, it wouldn't have been <laughs> you, unjustified. You- no, like you could, you could. There's an argument that it's self defense, and yet after yeah. all the shit that the beast has been through, he calms himself and he makes the conscious decision that no, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm not going to do a murder. I'm yeah. It's yeah. just it's just wonderful. I love it. It it's. Ugh. We 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 talked about this um a bit during when we talked about the sequel last year for Christmas. <laughs> uh huh. Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> and God, the- it's really watching it again and thinking back to like the the bad sequels they made. It's like, oof, man, yeah. they really did this movie dirty. Yeah, like. <sighs> Sorry. The, the beast. <laughs> The beast in the Enchanted Christmas was someone who was very much so prone to anger and who took it out repeatedly on Belle and his servants. And as again, as we discussed in that, in this film, he his worst bout of anger towards Belle is after she tries to touch the Enchanted Rose, you know, possibly... You know, I mean, he overreacted. He mm-hmm. was that was a fucked up thing to do. Also, she, she, there was there, she had one rule. <laughs> there was one thing yeah. she wasn't allowed to go and look at and like her instant reaction is I'm gonna go look though and also I'm gonna touch things. Yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> girl, I mean, listen. He was he should not have exploded on you. No. Yeah, that was terrible. But also, that, that was one rule. You've been there like half a day. Can yeah. you can you maybe hold your horses on that for now? You are in a magic castle with a big, big beast man. Maybe chill. Maybe have a little bit of self preservation. Just, just uh, yeah. It's it was anyway. It did, sorry, it, that was a tangent. <laughs> no, it's all it's all good. To that point, it did kind of make me laugh in this last viewing that 
Like, why didn't anybody just say, oh, like, that's his, like, that's where the beast sleeps. That's his private room. Like, no one, if you had just yeah. said that, then, I don't know, like, nobody wants to communicate in this castle. No, there's no communicate. Don't be silly. But, um, it's, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> th- this could have been avoided, people. Um, but This could have been avoided really easily. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's, he, he freaks out, you know, I, of course, he, He's so protective of the Enchanted Rose because without it, the spell, you know, if Belle had done something to it, what if that makes the spell unbreakable? Yeah. Yeah. So it's understandable that he'd be upset. As you said, it's not understandable the level to which he is upset and how he takes it off on Belle. But that is like the only bit of (laughs) anger that we see directed to Belle. After that, they go through that. Uh, well, no. I mean, before that, it's him yelling at her to come to dinner, and he's yes, okay. big and angry. Yes. There, there are, like, f- smaller instances before that, but afterwards, afterwards is when he realizes he's like, okay, my, my, I need to calm my shit mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Because, yeah. They, they have that conversation after he saves her from the wolves, where... They sort of just like air out all of their feelings and then just sort of un like consciously decide like, all right, let's just give this a second go. Um, yeah. It's like, let's hit the reset with what we have learned and just, just give this another shot, I guess. Yeah. Which I, I love that conversation with them because it's just... It is the good. the the back and forth they do. Um, he yells, you know, he's he's snarky at her. Says, you know, if, if you hadn't had run away, this wouldn't have happened. And Belle responds, if you hadn't frightened me, I wouldn't have run away. And the beast like has to like think on it for a little bit. Uh, and, and his comeback is, well, you shouldn't have been in the West Wing. And I love it because he's got this stupid little smile on his face. Like, ha, like gotcha. <laughs> I got, I'm winning this one. But then Belle, of course, retorts, like, you need to learn to control your temper. And he doesn't have a fucking response to that. It's like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess, yeah, that's true. Fuck. And, and like you said, like, the expression work on him, oh, it's, he's got that big, giant face. A huge face and these big, big eyebrows. Yeah, and, and. The, so fun. So expressive. And it's the most wonderful thing in animation. I bet it was, it probably was. Equal parts, a huge pain in the ass to have to animate something as detailed as him, but also really fun with how expressive you could get it, how far you could push it. Oh, and they they push his face so far. It's great. Like, some of the expressions in the comedy moments are just a delight. Yeah, and you know what? I think that helps a lot to making him a likable character, because he is big and scary, but he also has these moments where... You can tell that underneath it all, he's just kind of a whiny brat. Yeah, he's just like, he's, he just needs to like work on his people skills. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Um, a lot. Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, I, this is where all of the servants come in. And I really like how. Lumiere and Mrs. Potts and Cogsworth and, and like most most of them, you know, excluding Chip, obviously, they're all these middle-aged people and 
it just i i kind of love it because i feel like we don't get middle-aged sidekicks that often yeah (laughs) you know what yeah and it's wonderful here because they're essentially they're all having to babysit this this big man child and and explain to him stop fucking yelling at people and be respectful you little shit do you you want people to like you Mm -hmm. fucking chill out yeah stop yelling (laughs) stop it stop being mean yeah it's the fuck there's just like a brief moment where it's like right after Belle comes to the castle and the beast is having like a sulky moment and he's kind of ranting to to the trio about the yeah. you know like oh like oh she just want to come to dinner but I was so fucking nice to her. I said please. Yeah, and they're just like <laughs> they, Of course they're like trying to politely explain to him like you need to fucking stop and Stop being a dick. Control your yeah. stupid temper. Yeah. <laughs> like a very firm, like, smarten the fuck up, dude. But don't frighten the poor girl. Impress her with your rapier wit. But be gentle. Shower her with compliments. But be sincere. And above all, you must control your temper. Come on. We have you learned nothing over the past decade. Yeah. Come on, man. Ten years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting. It's Ugh. been a decade. It's been a fucking decade. This, And that's something that people jump on and theorize about. Yeah. There's, well, and like, it's funny coming to this movie, going off that. It's like, it. there's been already hundreds of people discussing this movie and all of these points that we talk about are going to be things that people have already touched on in fucking video essays and essay essays and Mm -hmm. other things like but like listen we're gonna talk about it anyway (laughs) yeah yeah fuck it you get you get to hear our take on on these points and and maybe yeah. maybe we'll have one little nugget that is is entirely unique to us. Yeah. Or maybe not, but you're we're here now. So just enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I tough hope, shit. I hope. Tough shit, I guess. <laughs> tough shit. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, oh, here's yeah. Here's here's one that I could here's one hot take that I've never seen anyone discuss. Um, Ooh, hot and spicy take direct from Christy. Yeah. So at the beginning of the film, during the the bell song, Belle's like sitting at a water fountain, and these these sheep come around and like they start fucking eating her book. Um, here's my hot take: if a sheep ate part of my book, I would flip my shit. I would, I very <laughs> least yell at that. <laughs> Sheep I thought you were gonna say I was gonna. Day. I'd fucking flip the sheep. Oh, I mean that too. Really, let's like, fucking flip that sheep right out of here. Fuck that sheep. Yeah, fuck that sheep. I that it bugs me as somebody who. Oh God, you're a collector of things. It's yeah. I. I collect and I like to. I I like if I bring a book with me somewhere, I bring it in a in a piece of fabric and i wrap it in the fabric and i put it in a special pocket in my backpack because i want that book looking as new as the day i bought it even if i've read it 50 times so for that sheep to come up and eat a bit of bell's book 
And it's her favorite book. She tells us it's her favorite book. I get so mad. You would have punched that sheep right in its little sheep nose. And Belle doesn't even (laughs) react. She's just like, hey. Yeah. I guess I'll just leave then. She's just like, I don't know. I, I, I I also was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Don't let that sheep eat the book. There's words there. You need those to read the story. Back in this time. Yeah, back then when it's not a mass-produced book. Yeah, that book is precious. I, I, it's just a sign of her Man. kindness, I guess, that she doesn't stop singing and, and just start screaming at the sheep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know what? Good take. I agree with your with your yeah. fuck that sheep take. Yeah, I hope I hope to see this take showing up in in video essays from now on. <laughs> this hot and spicy take. Yeah, it's not oh, it's not even a yeah. take. It's just me not liking sheep eating books. I guess. I guess. <laughs> That's ah. fair. You know what? That's fair. Oh, but where were we? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I can't remember anything before my stupid sheep tangent. <laughs> I've ruined this. Let's let's walk it. Let's figure this. Okay, there was the hot takes. Oh, yes. it was, we were talking about the whole, like, 10-year timeline. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because it, she curses him for 10 years. Yeah, and it's or it's something. people... Because she, yeah, it's, it, she curses him for... Well, no, so it's, the curse has a time limit, and he has to have somebody fall in love with him before his 21st birthday. Um, Right. Which people, because Lumiere has the comment about it being 10 years since they've been cursed, it makes people speculate have, you know, was he cursed as an 11-year-old? Have they right. all been in stasis for, for 10 years? Um, right. Yeah. I, I feel like the directors talked about it, and it was just like, I don't know. Oh, probably. That got overlooked, and it wasn't meant to be, like, this deep lore of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, like, which makes sense. Like, it's like, it's, 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 stop reading so much into that one. I get it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's Disney. It's a it's a weird timeline thing. It's like, well, come on. They've even shown in their incredible sequ- or sequel prequels that he was an adult <laughs> when he was cursed. Yeah. It's, it's just it, one of those things that it, it was, yeah. Again, I think it was just overlooked, or you're just not supposed to think too yeah. hard about it. Or maybe, like, yeah. Lumiere was just, like, I don't know, being a dramatic little bitch. Yeah. It's like, or even before they were cursed, they were uh, dusting and rusting. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, maybe maybe he was just having a rough time even before the prince was a beast. Probably. Back then, when he was just a brat. Yeah, where he was just a shitty man yelling about Christmas to his very disconcerting-looking pianist. Tim Curry. Yes. His his Tim Curry-ass terrifying pianist man. 
it's it's a credit to how good I, this movie is that I did not once think about the enchanted Christmas tree while I was watching it. <laughs> I didn't think of it at all until I watched the uh, special edition added song. Oh, and yes. which, at which point I was like, oh, this has got shades of it kind of it's not not as bad but you know it's sort of it doesn't fit yes. the tone um yes yeah. let, let's get into that a little bit so for those who don't okay. know um uh they ended up they added a new song into beauty and the beast kind of similar thing they did with the lion king a few years back and it's oh, these... right. they did do that mm-hmm. and and similar vibe there where it just doesn't the new song it it feels like it stands out so much to me um i don't know i also i mean to be fair maybe it stands out because i'm expecting it and i'm always reminded of how this song wasn't in there to begin with and now it's there and and at least on the dvd that i have the default version of the movie is the one with the song and you actually have mm. to select specifically the the original release to view it without the song. So where does the song fit? Because I watched this on Disney Plus, which is the version without the song. They don't have the song on there, at least not that I saw. Um so I had to look up the song separately afterwards and I, so I'm not quite sure where exactly it fits. Mm-hmm. It comes just before they have the the big romantic dinner and, and the, oh. the ballroom scene. And so oh, okay. It's sort of... Yeah, like, it, it just kind of extends the falling in love bit of the movie. Um, you know, so, you, like, you'll see the Something There song and then... yeah. It kind of leads into the new song, which is a human again, which again, for further context, it's the uh, the the enchanted objects just singing about how they can't wait to be human again. Yeah. And like, it's not a bad song. And I imagine if it had been there the whole time, because we we can't travel to the alternate timeline where that song was always in the movie. So, of course, for those of us who have grown up without it in there, it's going to feel weird. It, um, it yeah and, and even there's there's no way to go into it with a perspective that it was always there yeah or that it fits because we are all too especially those of us who as children watched movies over and over and over and over and over again are extremely <laughs> familiar with how the movie goes <laughs> and so adding a little extra thing in there yeah it blur- breaks the flow yeah I, I, I feel like I need to, like, find a child who has never seen Beauty and the Beast and make sure that they only ever see the version <laughs> with the Human Again song. And then, like, 20 I mean, years I mean, there's now, probably kids out there. Or may, yeah. I guess they're teens now, probably. But how do you, how do you make sure that uh, they, they've only ever seen that version of the film? Like, we need to, like, specifically well, engineer yeah. a child for testing purposes. <laughs> Just to be sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can find someone of an appropriate where their their family probably got the version of the DVD that you have, so they've only ever seen it. And they probably it, like if if they didn't, if you didn't know better, I feel like the song would fit fine. 
it's yeah. a little extraneous, but we're coming at it from the view of adults that already know this film. Mm-hmm. To a child, it would probably be fine. Yeah. I, I will say on this last viewing, I almost did miss it a little bit, where I think oh. it does sort of help give the illusion that even more time has passed between when Belle and the beasts start to become friends and when they have the romantic dance together. True. Because it, without it, I guess it it does feel fairly swift. But yeah. also, like, time is passing. There's no... There's no... measure. Like, no one ever says a solid amount of time XYZ has passed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's... Also, in the middle of the song, when Belle is reading him a book and it's Romeo and Juliet... Yeah. And you're like, man, okay. Yeah, that's maybe not like, you could have just made something up instead of being like, it is specifically this book by by Shakespeare. Yeah. it Known it, for being a tragic romance. Yeah. It, it kind of takes me out of the film. First off, because it's a real life book that now exists in the Disney universe. And then, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know, I I almost have a hard time thinking Belle would, like, that would be her favorite. Or, like, that, you know, that would yeah. be, I don't know, like, she just doesn't seem to me to be, like, the like tr- a Like a Romeo and Juliet kind of kind of person. Yeah. I don't know, it just, she, when she describes the book that she's reading in the beginning, it's, um, there's, like, uh, she said, what's the line? Far off places, daring sword fights, a prince in disguise. Like, it makes it sound like this adventure that maybe happens to have a romance in it. Yeah, her whole her whole deal is adventure. And whereas here it's like, here's this book about a tragic romance. Yeah, it's like, this, all right. These two 14-year-olds fell in love and then died. And then died. It's It's... I think that was part of what gave me Enchanted Christmas vibes, is that yeah. it's like, this does not feel like it fits the characters. And also the the Beast being like, can you read it again? And then she's like, why don't you read it? And he's like, I haven't read, I don't know how to read anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. that seems strange. That seems like a very strange character trait. It, it, the idea that he learned how to read at whatever age he was, and it's been so long that he has apparently just forgotten how reading Yeah, it is. It's, to it's, the point where he can't read the word two. Yeah, two. I, I can almost I can almost buy it up to that point because it just felt like a little too much. Yeah. They yeah. Like, they um This this isn't doing for the character what you want it to be doing. It's just making him feel more like a big child yeah which is not probably what you want here well and i almost like i i took like weird offense to it because he as a prince would probably be the one person in that kingdom who is guaranteed yeah. to have a higher education <laughs> yeah it, the- it's a weird character choice that i'm glad was not in the film originally mm-hmm. i think they um have you ever seen the Beauty and the Beast musical? I have not. I I saw it many years ago, so my memory is a bit foggy, but I remember they had a similar moment there and 
they played it off as a, a bit better where the beast like the the beast just never really got into reading and it's not until he bell through bell that he kind of discovers this love of reading and how it can be an escape and you know of course for someone like him who has been tormented by the curse it's it, it's kind of it's a it came across as a better moment there because that makes sense yeah like it, it felt like it, it made sense for this character and it was yeah just this natural just somebody who i don't know it almost like felt like it fell in line with one of the morals of the movie where it's like that don't judge a don't do a, a book, by, book its by its cover yeah okay. yeah where it's like little did he know that these things that he had previously written off had so much value huh i can that makes sense that is a good perspective on it because like here it, with like the 30 seconds that you get it just seems like uh a big child who was taught to read because he is a prince but just decided not to and forgot how yeah or or maybe the implication because he didn't do it for however long and and maybe the implication too is that he has spent so long as a beast that he maybe that's that's part of why he's forgotten that's that he's becoming more beast-like um oh that's fair i guess it's same way with him eating in that one scene <laughs> yes yeah or but at least that's at least that's sort of like, oh, he's being beastly instead of humanly, whereas this is, like, not that as much. Mm -hmm. if, if it had been, like, you haven't been reading or you haven't read this whole time and he was, like, you know, I've been busy doing beast things, <laughs> then that yeah, I'd be, he's... like, okay, I feel like I could buy that. Yeah. Or, like, it just became yeah. too difficult for him to read. Because, like, he, we see him struggling to hold a spoon at one point. Yeah. That That's another thing about yeah. his animation that's really great, is that you can kind of see... <laughs> um, over the course of the film, he becomes more human-like in how he walks and how he gets around the castle and some of the stuff that yeah. he does. Like, when you first see him, he's on all fours and as he starts to open up to bell he starts walking around on his hind legs more yeah like i really like the one the animation of him the one time where he's just like pacing in front of the fireplace but he's on all fours so it's like this big angry dog mm -hmm. oh, it's very even, good even but yeah and you can see him sort of straighten himself up yeah just wonderful sorry and even when he Oh, I, it, uh, like, on, on him being a dog, like, when he's angry and the hackles on his back start to raise. Yeah! So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's real good. Also, I can't remember. I know I saw at one point, years ago, like, an interview. Because uh, animators will, it, this is a Glenn Keane character, isn't Oh, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Um... Like, he's, oh, he's such a good animator. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Glenn Keane, man alive. Oh. I wish I could steal his talent. Right? 
I got to see him talk uh, in person <gasps> at, at my graduation up. once. No. Uh, did I have I never told you? Oh yeah, he came to the uh, cuz <laughs> when I graduated jealous. animation mentor. <laughs> if it jealous. Listen, I don't know if it'll hurt or help, but I was so starstruck I barely remember what he said. <laughs> um, I just know he was there and I was like, "Holy shit." <laughs> He just, like, woke up 12 hours um, later. Just like, what happened? Almost, man. Almost. But, uh, no, it was when I graduated Animation Mentor that year they had our our uh, graduation thing in California at, um, oh, what's the big? CTN. Yes, uh, yes. The Creative Talent Network Expo. Um, and so they had it in the same hotel, and somehow they managed to get Glenn Keane in to talk to us very briefly at our at our graduation ceremony. Oh um, and I was losing my mind so hard that I don't recall what he said. He probably <laughs> at gave, all. You, gave you such sagely advice <laughs> and you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. It's long oh gone. God. But uh, it was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so he's a really good animator? It's the so thing. fucking good. So fucking good. Oh. I, I, I mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the episode, but the transformation sequence and just how oh. invigorating it is. With oh. I, I, I've seen a lot of Beauty and the Beast adaptations, and so far none of them have even come close to just the feeling of wonder that you, that you get when you see the transformation in this movie. Yeah. It's just like this, it's yeah, like a, a, it's a just... miracle playing out on screen, how like the heavens themselves open up and begin streaming magic. And he, as he lifts into the air, the cape furls around him like a rose that that allows him to oh. bloom and, and the, to see his fingers. I, 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 I the, Glenn Keane has cited the, the sculpt, sculptures of Rodan. Yeah, inspiration for how how the hands and feet how it should all look and just like this, ah, uh, just again, it's, it's just so good, wonderful, <laughs> and it's the type of thing that in other adaptations they don't know how to do because it is. Uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck do you do? We got to make this man into into or got to make this hu- this beast into a man, and it's a lot of like stage trickery or. Just like it, it just doesn't capture again. Doesn't capture that wonder that you get to see this man anamorph <laughs> on screen. Fuck oh. off! <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh. Just so good. That wasn't. I didn't expect. <laughs> Fucking anamorph. Yeah. Christy, get out! I know it's your podcast, but you gotta leave. No, fuck you. <laughs> oh. oh, not even to say anything bad about animorphs. Animorphs fucking rules, but I just did not <laughs> expect that. I, I mean, ah, oh. oh. it's just it's wonderful. God, it's wonderful. It's uh, so yeah. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. And the beast is hunky as a man. I don't give a shit what any of y'all say. He's a hunky man. (laughs) 
I was about to ask what what is your opinion on on the man that is uh, within the beast? I am very firmly pro man beast. I think again, <laughs> I really like. He's got a very distinct brow, and I think they did a really good. I job. love his profile. Yes. Like yes, yes, his, yes. His like his nose and brow situation is very nice. Yeah, and just his chin to his neck. I, it's hard to describe, but it just looks good, and I like it. He looks like and a sculpture. It's, it's just yes, hunky sculpture. Very good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know. I know. There's some. There's there, some people who who aren't a fan, but I. I think even as a kid, I was like, no, that's a pretty man right there. Yeah, I he's so yeah. good. I, you know what? It makes me mad. I I've seen people get one of the criticisms they lobby against this movie is that they feel well. Okay, first off, like they make weird comments about how they think he's less attractive as a human, which is just like I mean that's what he in universe that's what he looks like. Like it's just weird. To, like criticize. Look. Like how I, Listen, it, some people are really into the big monster men, and you know, I respect I know. it. But it's like it's just you gotta res- you gotta respect it. <laughs> it just feels weird that people are like, oh, like it ruins the message of the movie because he turns back into a uh, supposedly handsome prince, and it's like, but that's like his normal self. Like it, that's movie- that's what he actually looks like. Yeah, like this movie isn't to reward Belle with a hunky beast man husband. It's, it's, the movie is this prince learning to love someone else and, and earn their love in return. And if he does that, he gets to go back to his normal life. It's not about what Belle or what anybody else wants. It's about the prince earning to, to live as himself once again. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's he's a he is a I I really like how statuesque he is designed. Yes, and I feel like he's like he's drawn that way really well at the end of this film, mm-hmm. and then every time you see him in like a sequel, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's maybe not enough time yeah. to get him looking quite right. He's not looking quite right. I I remember um so Glenn Keane uh. I remember him doing a some sort of assembly, I think, as they were revealing the designs for Aladdin when they were working on that one. And he was going through this list of like, here's like, you know, this Aladdin is too uh, thin. This one's too thick. And, and one of them was, and this one's too hard to draw. And then he said, well, too bad, because this is the one we're doing. <laughs> I, yes, I, I've seen that one. It's so good. That's probably what they did oh. for this film too, where it's like shit. He's really hard to draw, but this is how we're doing it. And but but this is how he's got to look because this is the this is the right one. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. No one they can't they can they have they they did not capture his hunkiness in the Enchanted Christmas. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's not I no blame on them. But no, no. He's they... just a genuinely hard, hard, hunky man to draw. Yeah, it's um again, animator talk. I remember Mil- Milt Call would often complain mm-hmm. when they would give him the boring characters 
or what he considered oh, the boring yeah. characters, but they would give him the characters because they needed the one guy who was super good at drawing aesthetically pleasing, but otherwise unassuming characters. Yep. It, they needed they needed the guy that was really good at doing that. Yeah. So everybody, because like that's that that's always the problem with with a lot of these films. And I know we've talked about it in other movies before. And Disney is not immune, and it's in fact probably one of the bigger uh, propagators propagators of the. Everyone can be, uh, everyone can pull a silly face except for the ones that need to be pretty. Yes. Um, Belle can't look funny. No. Not in, not intentionally anyways. They do have those fun in-betweens that people will also well. bring up randomly. <laughs> yeah. But even like the comedy relief pretty girls in the town can pull silly faces. Yes, yeah. But you can't- Belle can't pull a silly face. Yeah. No. Gotta be pretty on every single frame. Gotta, gotta, gotta play the boring one. Gotta have yep. the boring character to animate. Where she's very subtle and she's always pretty and you can't draw her off model because then she'll look weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, alright. <laughs> I don't care for that. And I'm glad yeah. they've gotten- farther away as time has gone on from that but yeah it, it was nice yeah. um watching Encanto because it feels yeah. like they are they're they're letting themselves be a little loosey-goosey about it now where it, you know they probably could yeah. go further with it but it's at least it's way better than what we've seen in the past oh absolutely even now if you I can't remember what game it was maybe like Assassin's Creed or something or some other game maybe not ah fuck it whatever but they were like women are hard to animate and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about they are not any harder to animate than a man yeah. <laughs> and I agree they aren't but the thing is is that almost universally in media women characters are forced to be portrayed as more pretty at all times so like a dude character you can have a fun time and make them pull a silly face and it doesn't matter if they look a little weird here and there whereas a female character has to be air quotes pretty and so they are then de facto harder to animate because they have to look appealing to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so I, I've... It's I've, not, 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 to, not to defend the people saying women are hard to animate, but the, just to say there is a history of w- woman must look pretty all times, can't do funny, must be pretty, mm-hmm. which does make them on occasion... Harder to animate (laughs) because they gotta look on model and gorgeous all the time. But that's my animation rant for the day. I've also seen it attributed to their design where, and I I think Disney's Cinderella is the best example of this, where because, you know, if you have a character 
like Lumiere, who he's got very distinct features to his face, it's easy to to trace and judge where those features should be in relation to each other as the character is animated across the screen. So, you know, oh, this eye, his, you know, his nose comes out this far and his eye should be here, blah, blah, blah. With female faces, because there's often this desire to make them so generically pretty, um, and again, I, I think of Cinderella, and if you look at Cinderella's face, She's she's got a very a barely visible nose. And when uh-huh. you think when you think of how prominent a nose is on a person's face and how it anchors the other features, if you do not have a distinct nose on a character in animation and you need to draw their head turning, it can be hard because you've lost that reference point for where should the eyes be? In this angle, yeah. in relation to the nose and to, uh, you know, so, yeah, like, that stuff can definitely make it harder to animate female faces, but it's because you're stopping yourself from designing women characters with stronger features that aren't, like, fit into that pretty, like, oh, they have to have a tiny, barely visible nose, or they exactly. have to have these, you know, big, dewy, you know, it's always, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like they'd be a lot easier if you could just design them with more variety. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like how like how people are. Yeah. Which yeah. But like we like you were saying like in Encanto in one of their most more recent films and I think I haven't to my shame I have yet to see Turning Red. Um but even looking oh, at like their so more good. recent, I know I haven't. I I know it's going to be good. I just keep forgetting to sit down and watch it. Um, yeah. But <laughs> regardless, the the shift between like showing only pretty girls to these are people, <laughs> these mm-hmm. are characters with designs that can emote and be big, and I appreciate it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Even the princesses. Like, in... Oh, what's the most recent princess one? Frozen? Is Frozen the most recent princess? Uh, I feel like Raya is, is technically the last... Pr- I don't think... I don't remember if she's a princess. Is Raya a princess movie? No, I don't think she is. Oh. Wait, maybe... Maybe she... No, she is. It just doesn't have an emphasis on that. Man, Raya was a... We should, we should talk about Raya. Yeah? At some point. I feel like we should. If it's All a princess right. film, I feel like we could ha- we could swing it somewhere. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> Put that coming, one on the list, Christy. Yeah, coming soon coming, to a, a podcast near you. Coming eventually to our podcast at some point. Yes. But anyway, mm-hmm. um even in in those films yeah, like for Frozen, you mean? I know Elsa. Elsa didn't do a big emote, but I know Anna was very emotive. Yeah, and they were still like designed a little. Everyone's seen the photo where they where they just yeah. photoshopped the mom and the two sisters into the same photo, and it's the same face. Yeah, but it's, I feel like slowly we're growing away from all female characters must have the same facial proportions. 
yeah, and look vaguely the same and are getting into more variety and more emotion and more design. And mm-hmm. it's very fun and I approve of it and like it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Has nothing to do with Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Thank kinda, you for joining me. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you for letting me come along on, on Bree's Wild Ride. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings. No, it's you know what? No. I'm, this, is, this is a good opportunity to get them out. You know? Uh, anyway. Where were we? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay. Uh, Speaking of beautiful people, let's talk about Gaston. <laughs> Man! Oh, he, oh he, what a he's... fun... What a fun character. In that he's actually awful. Yeah, he he's such an interesting character. And the older I get, the more, like, just the better he is. Because so many of the other Disney villains, when they are transparently evil people, everyone acknowledges it. Everyone reacts to, you know, like Maleficent. Maleficent is yeah. over You're the like, top. She is evil. an evil witch. Yeah. She's an evil, evil person. And then you have Gaston, who says and does horrible things, and everyone fucking loves him for it. And yeah. that type of villain feels so relevant in today's society. Yeah, sure does. He's like it, this big, over-the-top, boisterous, charismatic man that just, like, everyone's like, yeah, that guy. And then he's like, I'm doing horrible things. But because everyone's like, yeah, that guy, they're like, yeah, horrible things. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Gaston. Like, him arranging his wedding to Belle, and he tells the gathered crowd, I guess I better go invite the the wife or the, you know the, the yeah woman. I better go uh get better go propose it's like f- fuck off all right what oh boy Belle's gonna get the surprise of her life huh Gaston yep this is her lucky day <clears throat> I'd like to thank you all for coming to my wedding first I better go in there and propose to the girl and <laughs> and. <laughs> Everyone, everyone there laughs because it's hilarious. And it's probably also this impression like, well, of course, like, you know, she's going to we're all here because she's going to say yes. You know? Yeah. Like, how could who could say no to to Gaston? Yeah. And it's just he's he's the best. He's the biggest, most handsomest, strongest man. Yeah. Why wouldn't anyone want to be with Gaston? And it's just. Yeah, this town, this whole town fucking sucks. <laughs> Women this... want him. Beasts fear him. Yeah. <laughs> like, it... Oh, it's just... Yeah, it's... it's it, he, he's so insidious. Yeah. And it's great. And, and unapologetic, and yet he thinks he's the hero of his own story. Oh, yeah. Unequivocally believes that he is doing... Like he is, he is right, mm-hmm. and Even- it's that sort of self-assured confidence, char- charisma, that people are like, "Man, this guy knows what he's talking about." Yeah, like this- he's and he's really big and strong, and he's good at hunting. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. This film, yeah, it's just wild how he has the entire town in the palm of his hand, just waiting at his beck and call, and and yet he's doing shit like, like the plot to put Maurice in an insane asylum to force Belle to marry him, like, like. How how do you do that and still think that you're a good person? Well, he's doing it for uh, both of their own good, you know. Yeah. Oh, because like Maurice is clearly crazy. It needs to be needs to be put away. And Belle, I mean her her life would be like who I can provide for her. Obviously, yeah. Like I'm I'm obviously the best man in town. So why wouldn't she want to marry me. And like, I don't think a lot of them, I think the only one who knows that it's a plot to get her to marry him is uh, LeFou and uh, <laughs> M- Monsieur Dark. the asylum director who is voiced by Tony J, which I forgot. And I was just, I heard oh. him and I'm like, oh, Mr. J, Tony you're J. here. It's Oh, Tony J. A fun fun fact about that moment is um so I guess because he's such a small part that they basically did the audition and the recording at the same time. And so Tony J comes in and recorded his oh. part and the directors just like looked at each other and went, Yeah, this is it, that was perfect. Here's your check. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so good. So you want me to throw her father into the asylum unless she agrees to marry you? Oh, that is despicable. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then, of course, he went on. God. Went on to be Judge Claude Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. God, I wish that was a princess movie so we could talk about it. Just so oh. I could talk about how much I enjoy that film. I, I fucking love that one too. Oh my god, that's a Disney movie. I don't think you would ever. Well, I don't know. Maybe you would see today, but it just uh, probably <laughs> not. Not the not the way it is now. Yeah. I don't think they would make it now. Probably not as overt. Yeah, but it that that's another one yeah. where the villain is so someone so relatable in today's society. Where this crusader, yeah. where they think that they, they do heinous shit. Under the guise of, of moral good. Yep. Oh, God. I, I could just... Let me just talk forever about how <laughs> how good Frollo is as a villain. Oh. And how good his song is. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. I, I oh. Any, but yeah, we uh, I guess we gotta get back on track. Oh, right, beating the beast. Right, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So I think those two are the only ones who know that it's actually to make her marry him, and everyone else is on board because Maurice has been ranting and raving around the town, and he's doing this ostensibly to be like, yeah, we're out. We need to protect ourselves against this maniac who's yeah. who's raving about beasts, etc. <laughs> You know what I, I it sort of stuck out to me in this last viewing is, yeah, like, so so Maurice barges into the tavern and he's like, we got to go help Belle. She's been captured by a beast and everyone just fucking laughs at him. And if you got to think if Gaston actually loved Belle, if her father, if, if the father of the woman you loved bur- bursts in and he's rambling about a beast and how 
Belle's been kidnapped. You would think, even if you don't believe in a beast, wouldn't you want to, like, ask some questions or, like, what's going on? Like, is she yeah. safe? Like, what happened here? But, oh, like, yeah. Gaston is just fucking laughing. His love for her is purely narcissistic. Yes. Like, it's purely... Like, it's not it's not actual real care he has for her at all. No, it's just because, as he said, that she's the most beautiful girl in town, and that makes her the best. So, therefore, that's the woman <laughs> he has to marry. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny. My, um... I remember watching this one with my sister maybe, like, I don't know, five years ago. It's been a while. But I remember... One of the things she said is that she didn't get why Gaston was so fixated on Belle because, in my sister's opinion, this, the the bimbats, the three, the ladies, <laughs> she thought they uh-huh. were they were like much more attractive than Belle, and and I don't know, it was just it was funny to see that perspective. Like, well, why wouldn't he just go with one of those girls? And I think it really it's it's probably the fact that Belle is the one woman that rejects Gaston. Yeah, makes it, of- him- it offends his his whole worldview. Yeah, he's he's a hunter. He wants to chase her and wear her Blech. down and Blech. triumph over her. Yes, Blech. very gross. <laughs> Hate but it. But that's that's his mentality. It's about the hunt, and Yuck. I almost feel like if by whatever fucking means if he did get her to marry him i feel like he would lose interest immediately because again it's not it's it's not about her it's just about winning over her mm. yeah yeah i can see that yep man he's he's awful he's also a dude you could know and i think that's yes. what makes it so bad exactly <laughs> like, he he is a man who exists, and that's <laughs> yeah one of the worst parts. You just have to you sort of feel forced to tolerate them because you kind of feel powerless to do anything else about it. Because again, they have Ugh. they have the power of that charisma that draws people to them, and so it's not just you against him. It's you against him and his fucking posse of of dudes that, like, how he has convinced to be like mm-hmm. to yeah yeah. Oh, it's, it's wild, terrible. I kind of on that note, I I gotta like throw out my love for the mob song. It's a song that oh my god, it's so me. overt. Yes. <laughs> The line, we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. I think about that line so often. Like, randomly, I'll just sing it to myself. And it's amazing, because as you said, it's so overt, and yet it so wonderfully sums up these people's entire thinking. It's so funny that they're singing about their own ignorance, and they're they're still so willfully blind to it. But that's... That's what it is, and that's deep down. That's their real thoughts on the matter. They don't know what this beast is, so we just gotta fucking kill it, because don't want to give it the chance to, you know, maybe it's okay, but just in case, let's go hunt it down, and we don't have to worry yep. about it. It's, 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 we don't know what it is, we don't know what's going on, so it needs to be stopped. And yeah. that's, 
Yeah, it is wild that they're just like, we're we're self-aware to have enough to have this in the song, but not self-aware enough to, you know, stop doing yeah. it. <laughs> there, there's yeah. There's a similar line in Pocahontas during the Savages song. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> they're not like you and me. Which, which means, means they, they must, must be, be evil. evil. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off. It's like, wow. All right, okay. I'll just <laughs> Wow. It's right there, huh? It's Jesus. I so we're we're going full hard with the animation uh history and knowledge <laughs> in this episode, but um Yeah yeah yeah. Howard Ashman was the man behind the lyrics to Beauty and the Beast, this and a bunch of other Disney films and some non Disney musicals as well. Um but Howard Ashman was a gay man who at the time of Beauty and the Beast production was sadly dying of AIDS. And oh. as a result, like, I'm sure he knew well what it was like to be an outsider and to have people hate you and fear you for something out of your control and for something that they just didn't understand, that their fear was born out of that that frightened state of that that ignorance yeah that deep ignorance and having to be affected by it oh and man and it puts so much weight into i think the loneliness and the anger that the beast feels to yeah ha have to I guess both him and Belle, like, they are these people who are being rejected by society and trying to navigate, you know, Belle's case, like, she doesn't fit in with the other people in town and they bully her and Gaston disrespects her and, and the Beast has his anger that he doesn't know how to deal with and people shun him and Gaston wants to kill him, not because of anything he's done, but just because he exists. Yeah. And there's Jeez. just so much weight to it. Yeah. Wow. I did. I did not know that. Dang. It's. Yeah. It's. I. I think they they talk about it quite a bit in um the director's commentary for Beauty and the Beast. It's been a while since I've listened to it, but I I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I would definitely recommend it. And Howard Ashman was basically like doing this direction from his hospital bed wow and dang the film is dedicated to his memory and yeah and again it just it feels like it just once you know that it puts so much weight behind yeah this film and even just like what he was able to accomplish in his life mm-hmm Oh. Hey, Christy. Yeah? I, do, I don't know if you've heard, but I think this is a good film. Yeah, have you? I have you? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. And hmm. a lot of people like it, and it's got a lot of meaning, and it's pretty good. I mean, that's that's a hot take if I ever heard one. <laughs> Coming in with the spicy takes. Yeah. On our, on our <laughs> Beauty and the Beast episode. Hot, hot take. Beauty and the Beast is a good movie. Hot and spicy take. Don't let a sheep eat your book. Don't eat a. Don't let a sheep eat your book. Um. What else? What else? What else is a hot take? Um. 
I, I feel like this is maybe the first Disney character we've seen, like, fully ass naked. Um, like, you can't oh, see yeah, any- he is kind of nude, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's got fur as he gets out of the bath, but, like, he's not wearing yeah, pants. But he so. is naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a Christmas ornament of that moment, and it's one of my favorites. What? <laughs> well, he's, Why? He's in the bath, and he's got his hair all done up. And it's oh, like, okay. I thought you meant of him, like, in front of the mirror, buck-ass naked. Oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Why would they make an ornament of that? It's, it's, I had to get it custom-made, you know. <laughs> Listen, Christy, it's you. I wouldn't doubt that you made it yourself. Oh, no. Shh. Don't reveal my secrets. <laughs> oh. One day. Man. <laughs> I think the only, I think the only hot and spicy take from the ones, like the weird plot holes that people poke in this film. Um. Mm. The only one that actually bothers me as I'm watching through it is the fact that this castle is so nearby and is like right there in this like little provincial area yeah, of France yeah. and no one knows about it. Everyone's just fucking forgot <laughs> about yeah. this whole ass spooky castle and the presumably rich prince that lived within. Yeah, because it definitely, forgot. it feels like it's like less than a day's travel from the village like you'd think you would be able to see yeah, exactly. the fucking castle from the village um they exactly do, they it's out it's out like on a cliff with a big bridge coming toward like it's a big thing isn't it yeah they they do so this is one of the things that they like quote unquote fix in the live action uh beauty and the beast Ugh. Where they, uh-huh. it, it's like a spell that they, it's it's part of the spell, so the enchantress made everybody in town forget. That makes sense, and I guess that's probably one of the 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 many, haha, gotcha Disney criticisms that was that was uh, against this one. But like, yeah. I think that's the only one that ever really bothers me when I'm rewatching it. Is it's like everyone has forgotten about this this castle that's uh less than a day out of town but if it was also yeah. part of the of the spell that makes sense see and it's funny because it's something that i never thought about as a kid and as an adult i don't really think about it like it it was that's something fair. you thought about but i was just like so and maybe it's that nostalgia where i just i don't question i don't question much of what this movie tries to do <laughs> i just it's just blind acceptance that's fair. I mean, it's not a big thing. It's a very easily, like, explained kind of thing. Yeah, or just overlooked. Where or, just... or like, overlooked, like, hand-waved. Like, don't worry about that. Yeah, just Because yeah, a lot of stories, books. a lot of, like, fairy tales have, like, the secret. Or, or the castle that is nearby. That is just mm-hmm. inexplicably there and don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, goodness. What a good film. What a good film. I for- I- oh, I forgot the Bell's uh, lead animator, like supervising animator, was uh, James, James Baxter. Baxter. <laughs> James Baxter. Yeah, James. 
<laughs> oh. I can't say his name anymore without thinking of the horse. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. He's like a magical man that just seems to appear when animation needs him the most. <laughs> You're right, though. And he's so good. Oh. Like, the, the animators on this film... Ah, like yes. it's like it's James Baxter, Andres Deja, like <laughs> Glenn yes, Keane, yeah. Mark, Mark Hen. Oh, oh, on on the oh. note of Andreas Deja, um, so he, I don't know if you're aware of this breed, but Andreas has a blog that, uh, oh, is, yeah, it's just called uh, Deja View, so D E J A, and he posts tidbits of, uh, you know. Disney movies. He's a big fan of Milt Call, so he'll post a lot of pencil tests from Milt on oh. there. I remember at one point, because uh, he was the the supervising animator for Gaston, and I remember at yes. one point he posted. Uh, so he had to do like these tests of trying to figure out how should Gaston's chest hair look. <laughs> <laughs> I so uh -huh. I. It's it's just wonderful. I'll s hold on. Let me. I gotta send this to you. I gotta send this to Brie. I don't know this is terrible for the podcast, but I'll I'll have to link it. Oh, on it's Twitter. okay. I'll yeah. link it on Twitter. But it was just like, should they be? Should they be combed? Should they be be? <laughs> oh I my just... god, he's got like the different tet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wonderful. Amazing, amazing. I just I love Also the freeze frame of his like chest hair is very funny. Yeah. And every last inch of me's covered with hair. <laughs> <laughs> he just pops open his shirt to have the Wow. Boom. Uh I just love I just love that there had to be discussions oh. about how Gaston's chest oh, yeah. hair should look. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta figure these things out. They're important, very important. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Oh, oh. is there anything else you can think to talk of for this one, Bree? Oh man. Uh, well, probably a eh? like. I feel this is. I one mean, we yeah, we could probably go for days, but like. Like, we didn't even talk about the big ballroom scene that's, oh, like, the no. shot in animation. The shot, yeah. and when they yeah, yeah, animated yeah. it, they didn't even know if the CGI background was going to work, so they kind of just did it on a hope and a fucking oh. prayer. Man. Oh. God. Wild. People... Yeah, we did, we did... There's so much to talk about left, even just some of the production history, how... If I remember right, this was a Katzenberg film, or like he was the head of Disney at the mm. time, and he was not a well liked man because he was a bit of a slave driver when it came to this film, and to the point that <laughs> there are stories of animators who couldn't, didn't have time to go home and get a change of clothes so on their lunch oh hour God. they would go and buy clothes to wear at the office and Jesus stories of people's marriages being ruined by this movie um, the final the, the transformation sequence that we talked about earlier 
apparently Glenn Keane only had like two weeks to do that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, that's woof. Yeah. It's amazing that this film is as competent as it, as it is given all of that. Um, and to be fair, Katzenberg apparently did see how fucking miserable everyone was. And I guess he did resolve not to do that again. Maybe. I don't know. I hard to tell if he actually learned anything. (laughs) Damn. I didn't. (sighs) Yeah. Woof. Animation is hard. (laughs) Animation is hard. Hard. And the industry can be little sus. Oh, what's that? Have you seen? It's the animation. It's made by an independent animator on Twitter. And he's like, sorry, I'm not posting that much. Animation's hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. What's his name? I follow him. Oh, come on, you fool. Uh, uh, I'm looking it up. No, it's a race. Uh, Oh, God, I know I've got it. Oh, no. Because he also does, what's the matter? What's the matter, Martha? Kevin Temmer. Oh, yes, there it is. Yeah, sorry, I'm not posting more stuff. Animation's hard. I got a full-time job and animation's (laughs) hard. (laughs) Yeah, it takes a long time and animation's hard. My hand hurts. My hand, my hand hurts. hurts. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Temmer, T-E-M-M-E-R on yeah. Twitter. Please go look him uh, up. He does a good job. Uh, uh, yes, animation is hard. Everyone should appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Well, I think that's uh, going to bring it to a close for this one. We do have a bit of housekeeping that we need to do, though, Brie. Oh, do we? So a few things to discuss that came up over the break. Um, uh-huh. So number one, the Amazon Cinderella film that we watched not too long ago, I talked about how that one at the time of recording did not have a DVD release. Well, <gasps> it has now been released on DVD. Oh, good. Just in case any of y'all wanted to add it to your DVD shelves. And yes, I yeah, have just already, in case. I have already purchased it for myself. <laughs> of course you have. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, we did the uh, Avengers Grimm 2 movie just before the hiatus. And yes. in that film, we talked about Rumpelstiltskin and how allegedly... The character Rumpelstiltskin in the sequel was not the same Rumpel in the first movie. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until we posted that that I started thinking about how maybe there was the possibility that that was just a lie from Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, Christy. Because yeah. he says, he says, yeah. he claims that he's a different Rumpel. But maybe oh. I'm just the dum-dum, and I didn't realize I... it was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> I forgot that this was an exchange we had on Twitter. <laughs> I know, you were like, oh, Christy, I think you said the exact thing. <laughs> in my defense, in my oh. defense, it's really hard to tell what's a joke and what's just bad writing in these movies. <laughs> Especially because he's played by a different character, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Oh, Christy. I, 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 <laughs> shut up. 
I don't claim to be a smart woman. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah, so... You're the one who brought this up and then put it on the podcast. It could have died on Twitter. I forgot about it. I I had to correct myself, just in case anybody is listening through, and, like, I have to... I have to... (laughs) To, to to head him off at the pass, make sure that I, I, I'm the one that jumps him up and says, actually, I'm a fucking idiot. Because it's different when it's <laughs> me that's saying it. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, God. The, um, like, the... I saw you in person and had yeah. for, in between then oh. and now and had not even thought about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess we could mention that... I saw Christy in person Last week? The week before? Yeah, so we... For the first time since, like, 2019? Yeah, it was fucking weird. It was... was Yeah, seeing you in person and, like, not just hearing your disembodied voice. (laughs) It was was very nice to see you in person. Um, It was funny because we we did not watch a princess movie. We did not. We instead, we watched the Asylum's Sherlock Holmes movie. (laughs) Fucking great. Oh, it was a treat. It was a treat. I highly recommend. All of us all of us watching this dinosaur steal a water pump. It was very good. Yeah, yes, it was oh. great. A plus, 10 out of 10. It was very good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, any other housekeeping? Yes, the uh the last thing to mention is uh so someone on Twitter messaged me uh their uh Austin Boringer uh they messaged to talk about the Thumbelina movie um oh so you, uh they say uh they loved it a lot when they were a baby and they corrected me to say that Maya was not voiced by Kathy Cavadini she was voiced by Patricia Paris who they say uh lent her voice to many audiobook recordings for classic Disney movies um and so I ended up I I had been referencing Wikipedia for that particular episode for the cast list uh cuz mm-hmm. if I remember right I think IMDb only had the Japanese cast and right I did, I had to double check because I was like, where the hell did I get Kathy Cavadini from? But it appears in the time since we recorded that episode and now somebody has updated Wikipedia to remove mention of Kathy. Oh. So just, I, I guess just like a good reminder to me that sometimes with this animation stuff, people just post their best guess and it's not actually sourced. So yeah, according at least according to, to Austin here, uh, Maya was Patricia Paris, not Kathy. So just to correct that. Oh, very cool. Thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, if that anyone cool else know. has any corrections or questions or general comments, you can message us at, uh, we're on Twitter at badprincessmov. We also have an email uh, that's badprincessmovies at gmail.com. And uh, if you would like to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, you can check that out at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks yes. for joining us on our on our return from hiatus with uh, our our Bad Princess podcast about one of the best princess movies out there. Yeah, we we will get <laughs> I, back. Which is fantastic. We will get back to to true form by looking at some shitty princess movies shortly. Possibly another Swan Princess film. We gotta figure that out. 
Oh, yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this one again. Yeah. And I'm glad you picked it for your birthday movie. Thank you, Christy. Yeah, I think, you know what? For easing us back into recording with a really good film. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to try and make it a habit that maybe every year for my birthday we'll take a look at a good Disney movie. And and just just yeah. as an excuse to watch some of the the classics because you know after it's it's a nice palate cleanser after watching all these terrible fucking films. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm I can I'm I am oh. I was just going to say, I'm really excited to get back to Swan Princess also. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got to we gotta bum rush the rest of the Swan Princess movies because we have hopes now <laughs> that come Christmas time, we're going to fucking watch Swan Princess 10 with Steve. Woo! Yes, yeah, Steve. Fuck you. Steve! Woo! We did. We, <laughs> we made Steve watch Sherlock Holmes movie. <laughs> And I don't know if he liked it. Yeah, he was there when we watched Sherlock Holmes. Um and we have we have uh got him to to agree to watch the Swan Princess yeah. ten uh at Christmas if everything goes well. So now we gotta watch eight and nine yeah. before the end of the year. Yeah, because it is exciting. Imp- so important to me that Brie is caught up on the Swan Princess lore before we get to Swan oh God, Princess yes. ten. Yeah. I, you gotta be, I gotta be ready. I gotta yeah, know to all be, the backstory. Yes, gotta be caught up. Yep. Very important. Very important. Crucial to the enjoyment of, of Swamp Princess <laughs> Ted. <laughs> so, I'm so excited. Oh, yes. But, I but think that's, for now. For now. Thank you guys for tuning in. Can, yeah. Thank you guys for co- tuning in. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll see you again real soon. Yeah. And by see, I mean talk into a microphone. Yeah. And see you with our voices in the past. I see you right now. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Bye. 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 Oh god. No hiatus will ever get give us enough time to no, get better at these, signing off. These fucking endings, god no. Never. <laughs> <laughs>